Good morning, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful day. Continue. We left off. Rosh Hashanah, second chapter, on the top of the page, 24a. Second. 24a. Tomorrow, we're going to end, finish the second, and start the third. So it says they would, te- they would, uh, um, they would question the witnesses interrogate the witnesses and ask them how they saw, how did they see where did they see the new moon how high was it which direction was it facing pointing it one tana we learned if they said there was pointing north he saw the new moon which was north of the sun The word of Kayam, then he's valid. If he says he saw it south of the sun, then he did, obviously he did not see the moon. The mother says, we learn the price the exact opposite. If he says he's seen the new moon south of the sun, then, then the word of Kayam, then what he's saying is valid. And we believe him, he saw the moon. If he says he saw it north of the sun, you know that he did not see the moon. It's not a contradiction. The first Bryce is talking about in the summertime. In the summertime, the moon is always to the north of the sun. In the, in the wintertime, then the, the moon is south of the sun. He says the sun always rises in the east, right, and sets in the west. And it makes, it's like an arc, it goes on an arc, and then by noon it's right on top, it starts east, goes up, and then goes down. Starting noon, noontime, it starts going down on the, on the other side. So, now, it can start in the, in the south, and then make its way towards the north, sets, sets in the north. So it depends on the time of the year. Because if, if you will look here, in the summer, if you look, if you're looking at the horizon, you're making a line, right? So in the summer, you'll see the sun rising you'll see the sun rising to the north. And the, in the, and then it sets to the west. It goes, it goes like, what is that I'm sorry, that, no, then it, it sets on the cyclone, south. Um, We're looking for the moon though, not the sun. Made an imaginary line from where you're standing, all the way to the horizon. And you see the sun rising to the east and setting in the west, right? Right. Not directly over. So he says, in, you'll, you'll observe, he says, in the summer, the, ri- the sun rises and sets north of the line. To the North overhead. To the mean? north of the line. No, no, it's, it rises and sets north of the line. What line are you talking about? Let's say you made an imaginary line. You're standing here and you're looking straight at the horizon, right? And... and 
east and west. So you see the sun rising in the east and the sun setting in the west. But on which side of the line will in you're you're standing in between, and then onto your right is is let's say north, to the left is uh, south. So you'll see that in the summer the sun rises and sets north of the line. In the winter it rises and sets south of this line. Okay. Or, no, it's different. It's different angles. It'll appear to be different angles because of the different seasons, and the sun is in a different place. So, in other words, in the summer the sun rises and sets in the most northerly position. Will be northeast and then setting at northwest. Northeast. You're standing here, let's say, and you're making a line, imaginary line. So this is north and this is south. So the sun will rise in the northeast, and then it'll set in the northwest. But it's all on your side, in the north side of the line. In the summer, will be the exact opposite. The sun will rise southeast, and it will set southwest. The equinox, which is like Nisan and Tishrei, when day and night are equal, then it will be right in the middle. East and west will be right in the middle. In the winter, when the sun sets in the south, the southwest, then the moon is north of the sun. In the summer, when the sun sets north northwest, and the moon the moon is south of the sun. You got it. All right. That's what they're saying. According to Rashi, the first Braise uh, that says that if the witnesses see the moon to the north, north of the sun, he's talking about in the winter, when the sun sets in the south, so the moon is north. The second Braise that says if the witnesses say that the moon was south of the sun, it's talking about in the summer. Because the sun sets north and was at the... Okay, that's how Rashi learns. Okay. He explains that the, the new moon, you always see the new moon right before it sets in the western horizon. Like the sun sets in, sets in the west. When he says, when the Braises says the moon is to the north or to the south, they don't mean north or south of the sun, like in the mission. He means north or south on the western side of the horizon. So the moon sets very close to the sun. So in winter, when the sun sets south, Southwest, 
The moon too, you see it in the west, southwest, in the south. In the summer, when the sun sets northwest, so the moon too, that's where you see it. You see it wherever you see the sun, right, that's when you see it, right before sunset. So the first b'raisa that says north is good, and if he says south, it's not valid, that's referring to the summertime. The exact opposite of Rashi. The second b'raisa is referring to the wintertime. You see the moon, he's talking about the moon, south, but which side? That's because you see it together with the sun, right before sunset. So therefore, it depends where the sun is. So in the winter, so he says, in the winter, when the sun sets, in the summer, when the sun sets west, uh, 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 um, north, northwest, so that's where you see the moon. So that, when they say Litzvayna, they're telling, they're telling the truth. But in the summer, so he says, the fr- so he says the first one, the first one is talking about, the first Bryce is talking about in the summer, there's the sun sets in the north, so therefore you, that's where you see the moon. And that's the, also the order of the, the, the Gemara. The Gemara says, which also makes sense. The first one is referring to the first price, the second one, the second price. But according to Rashi, it's the exact opposite. Okay. The Gemara says, the Rabban and the Rabbis learn, one says, that the moon was a height of two plow handles, yeah. Someone says, Shalish, the height of three. Because you can make a mistake. Between one and one, you can make a mistake. But someone says three, one says five, because such a discrepancy means they didn't see the same thing. Right, a big discrepancy. You can't just say, I, right, it's, it's a matter of perception. Right. But nevertheless, not that, like they're lying. If the version, if well, the version of each one is corroborated by a third witness, so then, then they, can, they can form a, a, a group. So then I have now, now I have two witnesses. What's he coming to teach us? Not that we suspect one of them is lying. We find in Mesech is an argument. What if you have two sets of witnesses contradicting each other? So we dismiss them both. One of them is a liar. It's a bunch of liars. So the question is, I don't know which one is lying. I know for sure one of them is lying. So do, are they disqualified from testifying in another case? Like these two witnesses, I don't know, you're a bunch of li- one of you is lying, so I don't accept anything you guys say. So Rabhuna says that we do accept them. Because I, I don't know, I know one of them is lying, but each one comes separately in, in, regarding another case. I, 
I, I can't say that they're lying. They're two kosher witnesses, and I accept them. Unless, of course, if you have one from each, <laughs> yeah, one of each group, and they're coming now as a group, as a peer, of course, one of them is surely a liar. It's not a question. But if they're coming separately regarding another case, each one of them, even though they're you have two witnesses, two, two sets. Each one is testifying in two different courts, two different times, two different issues. We accept th- their testimony, we accept their testimony. How can you accept both testimonies? One of them is a liar. Because when they come to us individually as a group, I don't, have, I don't know if this way he's a liar, so we assume that he's kosher. Now, Chisa says, no, it's impossible. Chisa says, you can't accept anything from them. I know for certain, one of them, how could you say that he's coming to this court the same day he's coming to another court, and we're basing... Uh, we're believing them. How can they believe them? One of them is, uh, is uh, certified liars. But in our case, he says, even though here one of them is lying, he doesn't know what he's talking about. But in our case, if you bring a third witness and one and he he aligns with one of them, either it's five or three. Now I know that he's telling the truth because now I have two witnesses who are saying the same thing, and the other one is lying. The other one doesn't know what he's talking about. That's what the Gemara says. Come, the rabbis learned, you know, if the witnesses say we saw the moon reflected in the water, you know, Bashashis, we saw it through a lantern, you know, Bob, and we saw it through the clouds, they meet in the love, they can't testify because they didn't see the moon. A reflection, you can't, a reflection is not the same. Or reflected in the lantern, reflection is not the same as actually seeing it. You have to see it. Could you read the title if you're seeing it from a, from a reflection? <laughs> you have to see. You have to see the letters. You have to see it. If they saw half of it reflected in the water, the other half they saw the moon itself. Half of it was reflected through the clouds. Half of it reflected through the lantern. You have to see the full moon. Whatever you see is to be entirely... You have to see the moon itself. The mother asked, If they see the whole moon, you say that they can testify they only saw half of the moon, surely. Not they only saw a reflection of half of the moon. They saw half of the moon, they saw the moon itself. And the other half they saw reflected. And nevertheless, nevertheless, they're not kosher witnesses. You have to see it entirely. In its entirety, you have to see it with your naked eye. Tell the rabbanon and the rabbis learn, not in a reflection, not but rabbis learn. knew, but If they say, we saw the moon, and then we didn't see it again. Amidin love. Obviously, what they saw was an illusion. They did, they thought they saw because the moon didn't go anywhere. <laughs> what happened? It's a clear sky. You see the moon, and suddenly you don't see. Tan Rabbanon, the rabbis learn. Yeah, Kol hachi, kol hachi, The mother said they have to see it the whole time. Why, why can't they say they, they testify that they saw it? I'm Rabbi Hachikam. Rinu Meilenu. We saw it in our own. We caught a glimpse of the moon. First, we just saw it. We were just passing by. We just saw it. Now we were planning to see it. We just took a glimpse. But then we said, okay, let's look at it. 
Now we wanted to look at it intentionally, and we couldn't see anything in Midnallah. My time of why? Maybe what you first saw was just, it looked like the, the, the crescent of a white cloud. Yeah, you think you saw the moon. It was an illusion. Optical illusion. You think you saw the moon. Of course, it doesn't say, it's not saying if you plan to see the moon and you look at it for a moment, that's fine. I don't have to sit and look at it the whole time. So I have to see for a minute. I see it. It's there. But if you just glimpse, you say, wait a minute, was that the moon? You look up, I don't see anything. So then you say, you didn't see anything. You didn't see anything. Next Mishnah. Okay, look at Mishnah. The head of the Bezin would say the moon is sanctified after they receive the witnesses. And the whole congregation, everyone there would respond. Mekudosh, Mekudosh, it is sanctified, it is sanctified. Whether the moon was seen in the right time, meaning that it's a 29-day month and the 30th day is day number one, the night beginning of the 30th day. That's the appropriate time. Because a lunar calendar is only 29 days and 12 hours, so it makes sense that that day should be the Shredish. Because it can never re... It can never... You can't see it before the 30th. But, uh, but eventually it's a little late if it was not seen on day 30 and then the Shredish becomes the next day the 31st day becomes day 1st so the Besnan designates that day and they say it's holy and everyone responds it's holy, it's holy it's sanctified says they don't have to sanctify it's automatically sanctified in heaven it was sanctified because it's a, it, there's no option if Rishchidus is not day number 30 if the previous month is a pregnant month it's an extended month a full 30 days the next day has to be Rishchidus it's not like an English calendar 31 day month there's no such thing as a 31 day month the maximum it could be is a 30 day month automatically so you don't have to do anything to sanctify it in heaven it was already sanctified that's the mission. How do we know this? Where do we know that we're the same the Torah that the head of the Bezin has to sanctify it and say, Makudish? It says in the Pasuk, spoke the festivals of Hashem, the country is Bezim Makudish. Moshe has to speak. Moshe was the Reish Bezim. Moshe was the head of the Jewish Supreme Court. So he has to speak and say it. And that's what makes it into a holiday. How do we know this from the Papa? It says in the Pasuk, you should literal meaning the way we read it is tikroizam. You should declare them the holy days, the holidays as holy days. But kribe atem, but the way it's written, it's, it's written atem. Aleph tough men could read atem. You, you have to call it. In other words, the com- you, the congregation, the Jewish people have to call it out and respond and say makudish these are the festivals. Heim, heim is extra. Heim, what's heim? Every word in the title is precise. 
even though it's a small word, two letters, but why is the heim? It's completely uh, extra. So he says, heim Heim means they in the plural, the, the, the Jewish community, the congregation have to say, respond and say, Mayadai, these are holidays. Why twice? The Reish Bezin says it once, Makudish. Why do they have to respond twice? But it says, it says, You have to call it out in the plural twice, Mikroi. Declarations, not one declaration, two declarations. So the response is even greater than the original. The Reish Bezin says once, Makudish. But the congregation responds twice, Makudish, Makudish, Mikroi. Two declarations. If it's a 29-day month and the 30 days day one, you don't have to sanctify it. If it's a 31-day month, if it's a 30-day month and the 31st day is day one, then you have to sanctify in other words, the, the, it's the best and sanctify it. That's what gives it the force to their decision. So, if it's the regular, the appropriate time, the thirtieth day, you don't need any support. But if the bezin extends the month, a thirty-day month, which really in the lunar there's no such thing as thirty days; it's twenty-nine days. So if they're making a 30-day month and the 31st day becomes day number one, they have to support that, that decision. They have to sanctify it, to give it force. They never have to sanctify it. says, says, by the Jubilee, you should sanctify the 50th year. You have to sanctify the Jubilee year. You don't have to sanctify the months. We're not talking about the power of the Bezdin to determine which days are Shkodesh. That's clearly in the Torah. And that's a mitzvah. The Bezdin has to sanctify the new, month, the new month and decide when is Shkodesh. We're saying the only argument here is that they have to declare it. They have to announce it. Is the, is the declaration what makes it into, into a Shkodesh? Without that declaring it, it's not Shkodesh. And that's the halach. Bezdin receives witnesses and they don't declare it, they don't decide, they don't declare it, then then, then it's not it's not Rishchidosh. The law follows like the of Tzaddik. You only have to sanctify it if it's the if it's a twenty nine day month and the next day the thirty day becomes day number one. Uh, but if it's a complete month, a thirty day month, then the thirty first day you don't have to sanctify it. It's automatically sanctified. I mean, Rabbi Afnan Namitnina, we also learned the Braise accordingly. Oh, Bezdin, Bechol Yisrael, if the Bezdin, the entire Jewish people, saw the moon, Nachkruedin, and they interrogated the witnesses, they speak a lame of Makudas, Hashachashacha, and they didn't sanctify it, didn't verbally sanctify it. So it it's not Rishchaydish. They all saw, they all saw with their own eyes, they saw the new moon. In the right time, and the 29th, in the in the night after the uh, going into the 30th, 
But since the day passed and they testified and the witnesses, but the Bezin didn't get around to, to saying it's holy that today's Rosh Chodesh, it's not Rosh Chodesh, the next day becomes Rosh Chodesh. So the Braises says, Ma'uber, doesn't say Makudish. You don't have to sanctify it anymore. That's the point. And it becomes Ma'uber, the Mishnah doesn't say that they have to sanctify it tomorrow. They don't have to sanctify it. Automatically, it's a, it's a Ma'uber, it's pregnant, it's an extended month, and the next day is Rishchidosh. See, Mara says, no, it's not a proof from here. Mubar is Trichele. He has to say Mubar. Sakhat, I would think it's publicized. Everyone, everyone's thoughts, everyone will think and assume. Surely, surely that's Rishchaydah. Surely the Bezin got its act together. <laughs> why wouldn't they? Then? Why in the world shouldn't they announce Makudish when they all saw it? You have plenty of witnesses. You have plenty of time to interrogate the witnesses. And you have plenty of time to announce it's Makudish. What happened? I wouldn't even assume otherwise. So therefore, the bezin in that case should not extend the month. It's extended. That's the Chiddush. That's what he has to tell us. But the fact that he has to sanctify that goes without saying. Maybe the law is like the rabbis on mission. Of course you have to sanctify it. There's no proof. But anyway, that's the halacha. The halacha is like Rabbi Lazar that the, the, who determines when it's who sanctifies it? That's the power of the bezin. Not only do they determine, but it's they verbally sanctifying it. They have the power to make it rishchidus. They don't verbally sanctify it. It's not rishchidus, even though everyone saw it. The next mission is the elegant mission. The musurus levan the elad rabbi ram gamliel betavla bekeisel. Rabbi gamliel had different shapes of the moon on the tablet, on the wall. In his upper chamber, Shabbat Madras had the eighties. He would show the simple folk. When he was interrogating them, he wanted. He asked them, "Did the moon look like this?" He had visuals. But these were simple people. He didn't, didn't not astronomers. He couldn't describe. He said, "Did you see it like this? You see it like that." Complicated question. Did you see it to the north? Did you see it to the south? North, south, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but, you know, so we had, to, we had to show them very, very simply. So the Gemara asks, how are you allowed to do it? It's Mitzvah 39. In Parshas Yisrael, the end of Parshas Yisrael, right after Sadibris, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to make a, a three-dimensional image, sculpture, an image of the heavenly bodies. How could he make an image of the moon? Shamoshin, the Torah only prohibited only Shamoshin images that, that, you, that, you, that you can make, you can replicate.
The heavenly bodies you're allowed to, because you can't replicate them. So you're not allowed to make a replica of the temple or its vessels. But you're allowed to make a replica of a sun and the moon. Because it's not possible to, to replicate them. So you can make an image. He's not saying that, he's not coming to argue that, that, that really you could make an image of the moon and the sun and the stars, because clearly you're not allowed to. He's saying from this b'raisa it's not a proof. And the b'raisa says don't make an image of Shamashai, of those that are before me, of my servants. It could, ref- it could be referring to the temple. You're not allowed to make a replica of the temple or any of its vessels. I, but the b'raisa here, this b'raisa doesn't say you can't make uh, an image of the moon. You're not allowed to build. You're going to build a house. It looks like a temple. Why not? You can't make your I'm going to make the foyer, like an exact image of a duplicate, of a replica of the opening, the antechamber of the temple. I'm going to make a courtyard, like the courtyard, the image of the courtyard, the courtyard of the temple. Shulchan, can I get shulchan? I'm going to make a build a table, looks exactly like the shubra table in the temple. Menoida, can I get menoida? I'm going to build a menoida, looks exactly like the menoida in the temple. You're not allowed to. Avalaisa, we continue on side B. Avalaisa, shulchan mitzvah, shoshisha, shoshmeina, shoshiva, But you could make a candelabrum that has five branches, Six branches or eight branches, seven now. The seven, that's how many lamps he had in the, in the, in the candelabra in the base of English. I feel a in the even if it's not made of gold, because technically it's kosher. Menaira, even though the Taylor said you should make it of gold, but this Braisa holds that you can make the Menaira of metal, any metal other than gold. Ideally, you should make it of gold. But Taita says, first make a candelabra of any metal. It has to be of metal, not of wood. So it says that, that it's like a, he says it's like a klal or prata klal. First he says you should make a menoida, a general state. Then he says pure gold. And then he says a menoida shall be made. Also general. It's called a klal, a prat, and a klal. First a generalization, then a specification, and then a generalization. So in that case, it's coming to include more than just gold, any metal, but not wood. It has to be a metal. So therefore, you're not allowed to make any menoida of metal that has seven candelabra. It looks like the menoida. It's a replica of the menoida. Even wood you're not allowed to make. Because he holds, he holds that instead of klal or prato klal, learns which is much more inclusive. Dibuy means everything. Then the title says it excludes. He says gold, and then he again dibuy he adds everything. So he's only coming to exclude one specific thing. The gold is just it means everything is included, any material, even wood. The only thing that he's coming to exclude. Earthenware. He can't make a menorah of earthenware. Mm-hmm. So it's only coming to exclude one thing. 
So he says, therefore, you're not allowed to make a replica of the temple of seven seven lamps, a replica of the candelabra, because you're violating this prohibition. You can't make a replica. Kedarosh also malti bas beis chashmanoi. The chashmanoi made a menorah of wood because they, because they defiled everything. They everything was impure. Metal was impure. So they couldn't make it out of gold. Instead, they made a wooden menorah. So you see from so wood does not receive impurity. So therefore, so you see from here that a, a candelabra could be made of wood. The temple candelabra. So you're not allowed to make an image, a replica of a candelabra, seven lambs. That's a replica of the temple, even if it's made of wood. Amrulay, the rabbis said to Rabbi Yisrael, Rabbi Yehuda, Misham Raya. From there is a proof that from there is a proof that could be made of wood. On the contrary, Shputim Shom Barzal Hoyu. The branches were made of iron. The Chipum Beetz. They plated it. Chipum Bebat. They plated it with tin. They were made of iron. Here they didn't add all the embellishments. The Tater says you have to make de- decorative uh, cups and knobs and flowers. That's only if you make it in gold. If you, if you make it of any other material, you don't need any, any of the decorative uh, things. The voice, the kaftayr, the prachet, that you don't need. So it was plain. So the iron branches were plated with tin. And that was like an ornament. They didn't make everything from tin because it's very easy to be bent out of shape. So they made it of iron, but to make it nice, they covered it, they plated it, they covered it with tin. Why tin? So tin, with the, it says with time, it looks like wood. So that's what he's saying. You made a mistake. You think it was made of wood. It wasn't wood. There was no wood. It was iron. They plated it with tin, which over time looked like wood. But wood is not good because it's klal or prata klal. So, so um, only, only of metal. You're not allowed to make an image. Are you allowed to make a replica of a candelabra, even of seven lamps, if it's made of wood? It's not a problem because it's not a, it's not a kosher. It's not a kosher minute. Are you a buyer suggesting that if it's made, that, that you're allowed to make a replica of the moon? That the prohibition, you're not allowed to make something that my servants referring to the temple, something you can make a replica of? Don't make an image of things that are with me. Don't make a replica, an image. Of not a replica, image of some of those who worship who are with me in heaven, meaning the sun, the moon, the stars. So, how could Rabbi Gamaliel have a, a replica of the moon? The answer, an image of the moon, the prohibition is only referring to the angels, which had four faces. The angels had faces on all sides. That's in the in the in the image of the chariots. In Ezekiel's image of the chariots, he describes they had four faces. Each angel had a face of four faces: one face of a human, another face of a lion, a face of an ox, and a face of an eagle. So when he says, E.T., he's not referring to the sun and the moon and the stars. He's referring to my servants on high, the angels. 
So you're not allowed to make an image of an angel. If that's the, if that's the case, if, if Abayah is correct, he's saying that the prohibition is only to make four faces together, then parts of Adam today. So then, if you just make a sculpture, an image of a person, it should be allowed. Allah, I'll ask you, we learn it. We learn it. We learn it. You're allowed to make a sculpture of all faces except of a person. The Rosh says he's talking about an entire human body, not just the face. It's an argument. It's, it's the face alone, or he means a, a, an entire person. I guess the question is dolls. So yeah, these dolls full. Pretty realistic. Yeah, especially today. Today, they, today they make dolls are really, really, and even talk to you. <laughs> They're more entertaining than the real. <laughs> it's interesting. Talking those dolls is a prohibition. So you have to have something missing. That's the rod. The rod says that only if it's a full person, just the face, it's not a problem. Also, when they made coins, they made coins, you know, the, the decorative coins with a, with a picture, with an image, like an image of a face. They made a special coin for the devil. Is it a problem? Right. Is it, it's not just a face. It's just a face. Yeah. I'm yeah. From lecture of Abai, I learn. Like Tatun, Iti, the Tater says, now to make Lissasun Oisi. Don't make me. How could you make that? Hashem has no image. You're referring to a human being who's created the image of Hashem. That's where you learn the prohibition of making an uh, image, a sculpture of a man. You know, how to make a human form. That's why in Judaism we don't have sculptures, we don't have any of that. You know, don't make image. False images or images, replicas, images of, of a man. But the images of the four faces. So, why do I need a prohibition of making the angels four faces? Even one face is prohibited. If I have the face of man, it's already prohibited. What, how about the other three faces? If you made the other. Um, Yes. A person found an image of a man. He didn't make it. It's there already. Am I allowed to add the other three faces? So it's a separate prohibition. I'm not allowed to add the other three faces. That's what taste was answers. Or I would think. Or, Taisva says, I would think, what if, if you add three faces, four faces, maybe then there's no prohibition. You're not allowed to make the image of Hashem. It's a person who's only a, a person. If you have four faces, maybe that, then it's allowed. That's what he's saying. No, you're not allowed. Why do you need why do you need a separate prohibition? You're not allowed to make the image of Hashem, which is referring to a person who's created the image of, of Hashem. 
it's already prohibited because since you're not allowed to make any replica of the temple one of the replicas of the temple one of the things in the temple was the Karuvim the cherubs which are the face of a boy and a girl this answer the Karuvim are not called Shambashim Shambashim means my servants the vessels in the temple the model the building of the temple the Karuvim that was not a service so that would not be included in this program was everything else was there to serve Hashem. You were serving Hashem. You were doing the service with it. Here, he didn't do a service with it. It was just there. He didn't do anything with it. The candelabra, you lit the menorah. The mezbeach. The question is, how about the other? You're allowed to make a replica of the then. According to this logic, the other was just sitting there. It wasn't essential. The Rambam in the laws of Beit doesn't even mention the other. It's not part of a mitzvah. It's not, it's not service. I'm not doing anything. So, and that's why it didn't matter that it wasn't there at the end of the first temple and the entire second temple period. It's not, you, can't, you have to have a mezbeah because you have to do the, the sacrifices, the inner mezbeah, the incense, the shubaret table. But there, it was just sitting there. It wasn't, it wasn't shamashai, like you're serving me, my servants. It didn't do any service. So, so would the Arun also be uh, the same thing? Arun did serve a purpose. It, it contained, contained the luchis. So it, it served, it serves my servant, it's holding my luchis, Hashem's luchis. But the Kerovim wasn't serving anything. It was just there, in the dormant. So therefore it's not part of the Isra. Now, why do you need a special Pasuk? Now that you learn that Iti, my servants in heaven, which includes the angels, so I already know I'm not allowed to make a faith. Because one of the faces of the angels was the face of man. So why do I need a separate limud, a separate teaching? I'm not allowed to make me, don't make an image of me, which is referring to the image of man, who's great, an image of Hashem. Mm-hmm. So Tesis says, because we don't know, we don't have that vision. We didn't have the vision. We don't know exactly how it looked. When he said the face of man was exactly the face of man, or different. Therefore, we have to have a separate limud, that even a human face, not allowed to make a sculpture of a human face. I understand this question. Here, maybe the Israel is only all four together. Right. Are you allowed to, you're not allowed to make a sculpture of an of a, of a eagle? A lion? Of a, alone? Interesting. It would seem that each one individually is, 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 is prohibited. Okay. Dr. Gemara you're telling me that all the others, the sun and the moon, you're allowed to make a, an image of, a sculpture of. You're not allowed to make an image of those who serve me in heaven. Going, for example, there are ten different names for malachim, ten different levels of malachim. So here he mentions the main ones, Eifanim and Shrafim, get all burnt up, a a holy life, a Malachi Asharit, and all the Malachi Asharit. The Braises says that not only all four faces together you're not allowed, but even, even each individual angel itself. So therefore, anything that's in heaven, including the sun and the moon, also. All celestial bodies, you're not allowed to make an image of. How can Rabbi Gamliel have an image of the moon, which he would show the witnesses to interrogate them? Talking about the heavenly, the upper heavens, the spiritual heavens. 
Not the lower heavens, the physical, the sun, the moon, the stars. That's not, that, there's no prohibition. You're saying that from the lower realms you are allowed to make an image? You're not allowed to make a graven image of any picture which is in the heavens. So it comes to add... comes an image of the sun, the levana, the moon, kechavim, the stars, mazolis in the constellation. Mimal, it says b'shemayim mimal. Mimal comes from above the spiritual heavens. You're not allowed to make an image of an angel. So we see clearly you're not allowed to make an image of the sun and the moon. The mother answers, Kitanya, he loved them. But I says, you shouldn't be not allowed to make an image of the heavenly bodies. He means to, as an idol, to make it and turn it into an idol. If you make it with the intent to worship them. Don't make it, or means don't make it into an idol to, to worship. Don't worship. Don't worship the sun and the moon. Tate is telling you, don't make it to worship, but don't worship. But there's no prohibition in making an image of the sun and the moon and the stars and the constellations. If the intent of the Pasuk is to prohibit you from worshipping, I'm not allowed to worship the sun and the moon. I'm allowed to worship even, even a worm. Anything I'm allowed to worship outside of God. What is it? Enochanami, you're right. Really, the prohibition of the, you shouldn't worship means anything you designate as an idol. The Tani in the Brahis, in that same Pasik, it says, don't make an image in the heaven above and in the earth, mitachas, and in the water, mitachas lorets. So, so the Brahis says, refers to the Rabbis, Hodim comes to include. Images of Harim, Ugvois, and hills, Yamim, seas, and Haris, and rivers, Afikim, streams, Ugois, and valleys, Mitachas below, the Rabbi Shufukat, and don't make an image of a small worm to worship. But you're telling me that to make a, an image of the sun and the moon is allowed, as long as I don't plan to worship. But the price says clearly, you're not allowed to make anything that's with me in the heavens, that, that's my servants, that, and that's referring to the sun and the moon, through which Hashem, so much of we have in this world comes from the sun and the moon. So they're like Hashem's, Hashem's servants in the heavens. See, you're not allowed to make an image of them. And the stars of Mazolis and the constellation. So how can Rabbi Gamliel have an image of the moon to show the witnesses? And he wanted to shine it. Rabbi Gamliel, he didn't make it. Goyim made it for him. He bought it in the story. He bought it on Amazon. Goyim made it for him. He didn't make it. The prohibition is not to make, but others for him. They made it for him. Means he he ordered it. He ordered it. The question is, usually you're not allowed to tell a non-Jew to do for you what you're not allowed to do. Even though for the non-Jew it's allowed. 
This prohibition of not making images, not making sculptures, not a prohibition on Goyim. Goyim are allowed to make it. I'm not allowed to make it. So why is it different than anything else? You're not allowed to do something on Shabbos. You can't tell a Goy to do it for you on Shabbos. Why not? He's allowed. So why is this any different? But in the case of a mitzvah, Rabbi Gabriel needed this to interrogate the witnesses, to be able to know when to sanctify the new moon, if their testimony is reliable. So therefore, the rabbis did not make this prohibition. So they gave him permission to tell the non-Jew to make the images for him. Or it could be they made it on their own and he just bought it. <laughs> it was very useful for Maybe you're not allowed to. He wasn't allowed to order it. But, uh, but they just made, he found it and he used it. Who others made from an image on his ring. And it was an image of a human face. Or maybe it was, the, it was uh, the image of the sun or the moon. But Amalei Shmuel, Rabbi Huda, Shin, and a sharp one. Sami, remove it. Sami, Sami, blind. The face, it's appearance. Because the fact that others made it for you doesn't give you permission to wear it. It, mean, it doesn't mean that you can keep it. Because people will suspect that the Jew made it himself. Or maybe you're not allowed to keep. Maybe, maybe you're not allowed to keep an image that's forbidden to make. Even if you didn't make it, you just can't keep it in your house. If you're not allowed to make a sculpture, you're not allowed to have a sculpture in your house. So if it was a, a human face, he's telling him, blind the eye. So therefore, it's not then you're defacing the face. If it's not a, an intact face, then it's not a problem. He was saying how they made a coin with the Rebbe. They made a special coin, a commemorative coin. The government issued one of the few people that posthumously they made for the Rebbe. A medal. They made a coin with the Rebbe's face, but it's only like a side of the face. The USA. But they made a side of a face, a special medal of honor, like, you know, it was only given very, very rarely throughout American history. The, but the, but they, it was only the side of the face, not, not the... The mother says, It was protruding. People shouldn't be suspicious. That's what Shmuel told, not to keep it. like we learned the Tabas, a ring that has an image. If the image is protruding, you're not allowed to wear it. I'm allowed to stamp on it. Because when the Im- because then it makes an indent. It makes it, when you stamp it, it'll, it'll indent it. And that's not a problem. It's not a sculpture. If the image is, is depressed, it's, it's inside the coin. I'm allowed to wear it because it's not sticking out. I'm not allowed to... I'm not allowed to seal it because when you seal it, it's gonna, it's gonna cause it to stick out. Are we worried about suspicion? There was a certain show. Some say the Shafi Yasiv is a neighborhood of Narda. There was a shul in the Shafi Yasiv and Narda. Some say no, the synagogue was destroyed. And then, then they rebuilt it, 
and the Shechina never left, never left the, this shul. It says the Shafi Yosef and Adar, they took the stone when they were exiled. They were exiled in the Babylonia. They took, they, they took the material. They took the stones from Yerushalayim, the stones and the earth, and they rebuilt the synagogue in Adar. And it says the Shechina left. The base of Megiddo was destroyed, and the Shechina moved to the synagogue in Narda. Like the Shechina moved to 770 Eastern Parkway. That, that's where the Shechina moved. The Shaf of Yosef in Narda. There was a statue of the king there. It was made in honor of the king. It wasn't, God forbid, to worship it, but they had to show honor for honor to the king. There is an opinion that says that it was actually a Persian idol. They had no choice. It was religious persecution, and against the will, they were forced to put it up there. And the father would go daven there, and they weren't concerned of suspicion. The people are going to say that the Jewish people built an image, a sculpture, which you're not allowed. And they didn't build it. The Goyim built it. They had no choice. But, they, but people, why did they daven there? They should protest. They shouldn't daven there. People shouldn't suspect them. Everything but Rabbim shiny. This was in public. No one is going to suspect. We're not worried that anyone's going to be suspected of idolatry. But an individual who has a ring, who has a, something sticking out, that people will say, huh, he's worshipping idols. Ramgamliel was an individual and he kept the images of the moon. How was he allowed to keep it? Why aren't, you, why aren't we suspicious that maybe he made it himself, he violated the Torah prohibition of not having images of the sun and the moon. Since he was the prince, the head of the Jewish people, so many people always around them, always in attendance. Therefore, it's like the equivalent of, 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 of being in the public. And there's no suspicion. answer? The image of the moon was made of sections. So he only put it together when he, when he, when he interrogated the witnesses. Other times it was always unassembled. So people, no one saw him holding, having image of the moon. So he was above suspicion. It was only at that moment and he called in the, wit- the witness, each witness at a time, one at a time, that he would assemble it very quickly just to show him and then he would dismantle it. He buys him if you want. He made the images in order to study, in order to understand all these laws. He made it for himself. So since he's making it to study for instructional purposes, you're allowed to. You don't have to worry. Because if it says, Leitilmet Lassis, don't learn to do, don't do to follow the nations. You're not allowed to follow the nations, you know, to do sorcery or magic or all these things. But you're allowed to learn, you're allowed to learn in order to understand of these laws, to understand Avedazara, the Bezdin has to learn all about Avedazara. Says Avraham Avinu had the 400 Mishnayas about Avedah Zadah, for 400 different Mishnayas about Avedah You have to understand every Avedah Zadah of his day. The best must understand magic and sorcery, not to learn Chas this, but like to, to fight Christianity. Many rabbis had to learn it, to be able to refute it. So you have to learn it. How are you allowed to learn idolatry and all this and that? 
But in order to learn, to be able to know what, so, so, so Rabbi Gamliel was allowed to make it for himself to learn. I have to know astronomy, I have to know these halachas. I have to have an image, I have to know what I'm talking about. So to learn, no one's going to suspect him that he's doing it chas v'sholem to violate, to, 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 to worship it. He's just using it in order to learn or to study. Tomorrow we'll do the next mission. Everyone have a wonderful